Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you as we close in on the end of 2021. We've got a fun episode planned for you on this one of Best on the Board, where we are going to be sticking to basketball. we got some college hoops talk to kick off this episode and then move it on to the NBA world. Uh, hopefully these uh, these games that we're about to talk about stay intact and stay in place. Feel like we've got a good chance of that happening because it's a pretty good slate that we've got ahead of us in the college basketball world on Wednesday night. So let's get to it. Bringing on Brian Bennett. Brian, what's up, my friend? Not too much. Seems like it's been a long time since we've had a big night of college basketball with everything that's going on. So hopefully we get one tonight. Yeah, definitely feels like that. Feels like we've earned it here and that we definitely could have a good one. Three games on our uh, radar that we're going to get to. CJ Moore also with us. CJ, how you feeling, my friend? Doing well. How about yourself? I am also doing well out of health and safety protocols myself that I uh, had to uh, go through last week. So feeling good, feeling ready to talk about these games, you guys. And so let's look at them from all the angles that we can. Again, just just want to put it out there. Just because we're talking about these on a gambling show doesn't mean you have to have a bet that you like, but these are three fun games, three popular games, and maybe there is a bet that you like. This is all just a big discussion that we've got here. So let's uh, let's jump into the Big East first to start things off, you guys. Seton Hall and Providence getting together later tonight. In Providence, Seton Hall, however, one-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. We're looking at a total of 138-and-a-half. Brian, I'm going to throw this game to you first. Uh, how do you look at this one? How do you is, is there anything that jumps out at you that makes you want to say, yeah, I kind of like this one from a gambling perspective? Uh, I'm very excited to see this one. Uh, having just done our first bracket watch of the season, I was really yes. debating Seton Hall versus Providence, uh, where to put those two teams. Uh, Providence, really, not a lot of people talking about them this season, but they've they've had a really, really good start to the year, uh, really exceeded expectations, I think, thus far. And uh, I think Seton Hall is the better team, um, mm-hmm. but Seton Hall hasn't played in 17 days because of all the COVID uh, cancellations. They've had some issues in their program, other postponements. And now they go, got to go in a true road environment to a team that's won seven straight, uh, you know, since that abysmal 40-point showing uh, against UVA that the Friars had. Uh, they won at UConn last time out. And, you know, if this game were played under normal circumstances at a neutral court, something like that, I'd probably go Seton Hall. With that long layoff for the Pirates, I, I like Providence here as the home team. Um, especially if I'm getting, getting a point and a half, I'm going to go Providence. Mm-hmm. CJ, this is one of the lower totals on the board, and among the three games we're talking about, it is the lowest total at 138 and a half. Um, How about that as a number? How about 138 and a half as a number? I mean, what has it down this low that you think it could also stay below something as low as that? Well, I would actually uh, take the under on this, and you know, Providence is the their best offensive game this year against a high major is 1.04 points per possession. Mm-hmm. So they've, mm-hmm. they've struggled against high major defenses. Uh, last time these two teams played at Providence, 60-43, Seton Hall. And then Seton Hall's pace numbers are inflated by games against like low and mid-majors if you, if you look at their just possessions in each game. Mm-hmm. And their games against high majors have trended much slower. Um, so I think this will be a kind of low-scoring, half-court, just beat the crap out of each other, Big East basketball game. And uh, so I, I like the under, and I'm I'm probably with like if I was to bet this game on the mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. I'd probably lean towards Providence being at home with with everything Brian said. But I like that under better. 
It's a pretty easy stay away for me in terms of the the number itself, in terms of the line. I, I agree with what you said, Brian. Well, Seton Hall probably just the better team, but the 17-day layoff does scare me a little bit. 17 days and then finally getting back in action after two and a half weeks on the road, a true road environment. All that has me just wanting to stay away from betting either side in this one. But with a total like this, I mean, we could see or with a, a line like this, excuse me, just one and a half for the road team. I uh, could see this game obviously coming down to the wire. Where do you think this game ultimately is decided? I mean, again, to me, it's going to be where is Seton Hall? Where you know where are their legs? We don't really know what a long COVID layoff this season is going to be like because I think mm-hmm. last year there was there was a little bit more isolation. I think guys might have been a little bit sicker, uh, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I don't really know you know what to make of that. If Seton Hall comes out and plays the kind of game it's played most of the year, uh, again, I think it's better than than Providence. I think they have enough size, especially on a perimeter, to to make life really difficult for for Providence's backcourt. Uh, which is a little bit on the small side. Uh, and as CJ said, Providence, you know, typically is not a high-scoring team anyway. They're, they're always kind of a rock fight team under Ed Cooley. So, I, I, you know, I think if Seton Hall can, can come out and look, you know, halfway normal, halfway fresh, you know, I think I think they'll win this game. But, again, it's just such a <laughs> such a big question in the air that, that none of us really know the yeah. answer to. Yeah, definitely. And these are just going to be all building blocks that we're putting together because it's something that I think we all are uh, a comfortable understanding that we're going to be dealing with this all rest of the college basketball season, almost certainly. Let's get into the SEC, guys, which uh, really rounds out the Wednesday slate. Let's start with Auburn and LSU. Auburn, four and a half point favorites in this one against LSU. We got a total of 142.5. CJ, let's start with you in this one. You put the, you, you, you size these two teams up against one another. You put these two teams on the floor. What are you first looking for? Where do you think this game is determined? Well, it's uh, you know Auburn has a, a pretty good offense so far. Um, obviously, have the, the the kid that's looking like you know maybe a number one pick. So, but LSU best defense in college basketball mm-hmm. so far this season. Um, now a lot of those numbers are probably inflated by kind of a so-so crummy schedule. Like sure, sure. their their best win so far is Wake Forest and. Um, Steve Forbes, he's got those dudes playing a little bit better ball this year, but like that's not a whoa, we beat Wake Forest, <laughs> like Tim Duncan, yeah, ball, no Tim Duncan. Chris Paul, uh, Wake Forest. So, um, you know, I, 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 and this is also LSU's first true road game, and uh, that's that's difficult when you you know you haven't experienced that, especially after what it was like last season, where a lot of these kids, you know, it's been a while before since they've experienced yeah, yeah. like an environment like they'll probably see. So um, I just like Auburn here. The, the number's a little big. It's probably a yeah, – yeah. it might even be a stay away for me. Sure, sure, But if, sure. I'm, if I'm going to bet it, I think I, I like the, the Tigers. See, this is the only bet, I think, of the three that we're talking about that I actually like uh, tonight. I, I like LSU. I like LSU for for that defense and the four and a half being just a little bit big of a number. I just size up what LSU can do defensively against Auburn's offense, and I think that a lot of things check in their direction to the point that they can make this a close game, to the point where they can make this a one-possession game. I just don't see Auburn really being able to outrun LSU entirely or to totally overwhelm what LSU's defense has been able to bring to the table. I think everything you say, CJ, about LSU's pure defensive numbers as we're looking at them right now on December 29th, probably a little bit inflated just based on the schedule that they've played to this point. It's just going to be the truth for a lot of these teams before we get you know two, three, four weeks worth of conference play under their belts. But this is still a defense, I think, that can really bring what it does very well to bear game in and game out. And so I think when you when you size that up, when you size up the fact that um, that they can guard all five positions pretty well, I think that this is a game that maybe they don't win, 
but ultimately that they do end up keeping close and that this game is played something within like a 10-point window all game long. I think this is going to be one of the better games of the night, maybe the best game of the night from just a pure basketball standpoint and a pure competitiveness standpoint. I think LSU keeps it close and ultimately uh, stays within that 4.5 number. So that is a bet that I am making. I'm staying away from the first game we talked about, but LSU 4.5 is one where I will be putting a little bit of money down later tonight. Brian, what stands out in this game for you? A lot of things. Very excited for this one. You know, I think it's the first time a national audience is probably really going to see Jabari Smith. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously, he played you know, in the UConn game, but that was you know holidays, and I'm not sure people middle of the day. I'm not sure people were watching that. His dad, of course, played at LSU. We'll hear that about seventeen thousand times on the broadcast tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just a, just a fantastic player, uh, best player in the four. But you know, I, I, CJ made a good point. You know, LSU's first true road game. They played a couple of sorted neutrals. And you're not really working on the theory that the teams going on their first road game this season are, are really going to struggle. I mean, we saw Kentucky lose to a bad Notre Dame team. You know, Duke collapse at Ohio State. And yep. especially when you have some young guys, they really haven't faced a hostile crowd for a couple of years. And maybe the last time for some of these guys was when they were in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's just a different deal here. And so um, we'll see how true LSU's defense is. I do think their length can give uh, Auburn some problems in the backcourt. Uh, Auburn's Main three guards uh, are all about six foot, um, and, and you know LSU's. Oh, there's a dog <laughs> going hey, with the underdog. Pop. Going with the underdog. <laughs> yeah, there we uh, go. Barking for me. Barking for LSU plus four and a half. <laughs> right, and I and I think that you know Auburn could have some advantages up, up front, uh, especially with Smith and Walker Kessler can play well. But to me, it's you know as CJ mentioned, LSU number one adjusted defensive efficiency in the country. Auburn's number twelve. So what I yeah. like in this game is the under. At uh, 142.5, you know, that's both teams getting in the 70s, basically low 70s. And I, I kind of feel like this game might be in the high 60s, uh, a close game. Uh, spread's a little too big for me. Love that dog. I love it. Looking good, CJ. <laughs> if you're not watching this, you really need to watch the video just to see the dog. Uh, but I'm, I'm going with the under because of these two defenses, uh, you know, and a little bit of uncertainty about how good else she really is. Alan Flanagan. This is going to be a second game back. He's one of Auburn's best players. Um, you know, I know Brian mentioned how small Auburn is in, mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. perimeter, but yeah. Uh, yeah. that's a dude that's six six. He can really go. Um, hopefully, he's you know second game, kind of getting back in the sure, swing. I think sure. that's a, another reason to like Auburn. Let's get to Alabama and Tennessee, guys, to wrap up the uh, college basketball segment on this episode of Best on the Board. Alabama, three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one, 148-and-a-half, so maybe a little bit more up and down in this one than the first two games that we talked about. Going to throw it right back to you, Brian, to start things off here. Again, what do you look at? What, when, you, when you size up these two teams against one another, what jumps out of you? Yeah, fascinating game. You know, both teams have had some really good moments and some some pretty bad moments. It's hard to tell, you know, exactly how good they are. But I, mm-hmm. in, in general, when I'm, when I'm picking a game like this, I like mad home teams. I like teams that are coming off of maybe a bad loss or a loss they don't think they should have taken, and they're playing at home in a big game. And that's that describes Alabama to a T here. Just lost to Davidson uh, in Birmingham. Uh, I got a feeling that the past week or so has, has not been real happy there in Tuscaloosa uh, for Nate Oates and his guys. And I, and I think they're going to come out firing tonight. You know, Tennessee coming off that really nice win against Arizona. Um, really, really good defensive team, but we've seen them have some trouble scoring at times this year. You saw the Texas Tech game, which set the game of basketball back a few years. Uh, mm-hmm. The Villanova game, they had trouble getting anything going. So, you know, with Alabama, it really comes down to are they making their threes because they don't defend quite the level they did last year. Um, so if they're not making their threes, they have a chance to, to beat, to, to lose to anyone just about. But I, I feel like, you know, at home after this tough loss, they're going to come out firing. Uh, and I like Alabama in this one. I'll, I'll lay the three and a half. Uh, which is a little high, but uh, I'll take Bama on this one. 
All right, CJ, you're going the opposite direction. Let's hear the counter argument in favor of Tennessee. Yeah, I'm about to send over my Big 12 re-rankings to Brian today. So I just uh, happened to watch that, re-watch that Tennessee Texas Tech game. And, you know, I think a, a bunch of that was how good Texas Tech's defense was. And I actually like Tennessee's offense. I, I think it's trending in the right direction. I think John Fulkerson didn't have a great game that game. And he's starting to really come on. Um, I, I like him to have a big game tonight. Um, and, you know, Tennessee, I, 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 I like Brian's point of, you know, picking a home team that's, that's angry. But maybe we're inflating, overinflating what Alabama is a little bit because of what they the win against Gonzaga. And, uh, you know, Tennessee just beat freaking Arizona, who was really, really good. Yep. And they did it with Ch- Kennedy Chandler going 2 of 14. So, like, I don't see Kenny Chandler having many nights like that. He's a really, really good freshman guard. Um, I, I, I like this Tennessee team. I lo- love their defense. I like their talent. Uh, I just think they're the better team here. So, if I'm getting points and the better team, I like that. All right, best play on the board for each of us tonight. I already said mine. It is LSU getting the four and a half against Auburn. Brian, what's yours? Uh, the LSU-Auburn under. I just think it's going to be a defensive, real defensive battle there. So, I'm, I'm going with that one. All right, CJ, what do you got for us? Best play on the board. I'll, I'll stick with my uh, my under for the Seton Hall Providence. Yeah, that's that's going to be a rock fight. In any game where their uh, one team is playing the um, the old school, uh, gosh, I'm not not the flex, the flex. That's what the word I was looking for. Hold <laughs> the go. dog. My there brain went. It's the dog. It's it's Christmas <laughs> just happened. New Year's is coming up. We got you, CJ. Don't worry about it, man. We're feeling the under though. There, give me LSU. Give Brian Auburn LSU under one forty two and a half as our best plays on the board for this College Basketball Wednesday. Brian Bennett, CJ Moore. Thanks so much for being with us on Best on the Board, guys. Thanks, and CJ's dog takes all the underdogs. <laughs> Absolutely, barking for me, barking <laughs> for those LSU Tigers. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, NBA time on Best on the Board. Tass Mellis from No Dunks joining us. Tass, good to see you, my friend. Uh, it's been nine days since we last talked. We had uh, a holiday break in between, but uh, good to have you back on Best on the Board. What's going on? How are you doing, Michael? Nine days, that's it? Feels like a lifetime. Oh Just my hanging God. on by a thread here during this holiday season. <laughs> well, you know why it feels like a lifetime? It's because we're, we're on a little bit of a run here with these props. You went 2-0 and in our last episode. Uh, Joel Embiid was one of your plays, and Rudy Gobert going over 15.5 points. And I mean, Joel Embiid was, I want to say it was like 35.5 points plus rebounds, and that was his 40-point game uh, against the Celtics. So he just cruised there on points alone. Rudy Gobert needed over 15.5. He scored 23 in that one. So that's why it feels so long. It's not only the holidays mixed in here, but we're feeling hot. We want to keep things rolling, and we're going to try to keep things rolling with props. Now, you're going against one of our big guys. Trey Young has been very good to this show, just basically blindly taking overs, over points, over threes, over points plus assists. He's been one of our go-to guys on this show. Hawks and Bulls getting together tonight. You're looking at a Trey Young under. What do you got for us? Yes, the the Hawks are absolutely decimated, and mm-hmm. Monday's rehearsal for this game here against the Bulls tonight uh, showed me that Trey Young can be stopped by this Bulls team. 
when he's got nobody around him. So on Monday night, they played the Bulls, and Trey started really, really hot. He had 12 points in the first quarter against Kobe White, and that's when the Bulls decided uh, we got to get Kobe White off him. Io DeSumo came in. They played Javante Green on him in the second half, and that really bothered Trey Young. That slowed him down big time. He had 17 in the last three quarters. So I think they come out with one of those matchups from the get-go tonight. Lonzo Ball isn't there for the Bulls, but that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They've got a great, great defense uh, to put on Trey Young. So there's a couple lines out there that I like, uh, the under four for Trey. I like the combined 46.5 points, assists, and rebounds under more than I like the 32.5 points mm-hmm. on its own under uh, because I, I, there just aren't a lot of guys for Trey to set up. On uh, Monday night, he ended with 29, nine assists, and one rebound. So, you know, giving him a combined 39. And that was without Kevin Herter, John Collins, uh, no Darrell Wright, no Lou Williams, no Danilo Gallinari. And now, no Bogdan Bogdanovich, no Gorgie Jang added mm-hmm. to that list. So, very, very shorthanded team. But I, I like both <laughs> unders, but I could see yeah. Trey just firing away, being yep. this shorthanded, and maybe going over that 32.5-point line, but still sticking under that 46.5. I like both unders, and I am uh, I am a little sad to be going against our guy who has helped <laughs> yeah. us plenty, but you got to keep it real here. I'm glad I'm finally picking an under on a yeah. prop. Uh, that's It's going to hit some point, and I'm yep. finally doing it. And on Monday night, I think the Bulls just had a, a great rehearsal for this mm-hmm. game, and this one going into Chicago rather than Atlanta. So I like the unders against Trey. Yeah, right. The guys you mentioned, uh, the Javante Green, Io Tosunmu, they can throw some length at Trey Young, certainly. And guys who can stick with him laterally while still throwing length at him uh, can make him uncomfortable, as we saw in that game on Monday night. I, I, the 32.5 is a little scary to me for the exact reason you mentioned. Like, Trey could get the 33 on like 30 field goal attempts tonight because of right. being that shorthanded. Like, it's, I mean, it's already uh, as green of a green light as Trey Young could ever hope to see, even when Atlanta's at full strength. With them being as shorthanded as they are, I mean, he is going to get a ton, a ton of shots up in this one, unless you know, the Bulls just somehow totally pull away with it and they just pack it in and say, you know, we'll live to fight another day. But that would scare me. The 46 and a half, though, going under that, there's just a, a lot to ask him. It feels as though if he's going to go over this test, it feels like he's going to have to get like 40 of them on points. Right, it's right, right. Just yeah. with Where the, are with the assists w- going to come from? Mm-hmm. Where are the boards going to come from? So, yeah, yeah. I, I, agreed. Uh, this line is... It's a little too juicy. It's it's everyone, as we just said, looking at Trey Young and expecting a lot. But uh, Monday night, neither of those numbers happened. And I think the Bulls come out with that length from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that first quarter happens again. Yeah. All right. I'm going with an over. We love overs here. I'm going with an over on my uh, props for tonight. Give me Terry Rozier. Over 18.5 points and over 2.5 threes. Love the way that he's been playing. Love the recent trends for him scoring the basketball. And I like the way that this matchup sets up for him against Indiana. First of all, we're looking at a very high total in this one on BetMGM. 227.5 is the total on this game. So one of the higher totals you're ever going to see in a given night. The second highest total on the board for the Wednesday slate. Hornets? actually have the best over record in the NBA right now, meaning that their games have gone over the total more than any other team. 2014-1 is the over in Hornets games on the season. And the fact that the best over record sits at 2014-1 tell you how some of the uh, scoring trends have been going in the NBA this season. That's not a 
overwhelmingly strong over record, but it is still the most reliable over team percentage-wise that we've had to this point of the season. Meanwhile, Pacers, 22nd in opponent, expected three-point percentage on the year. We just saw Zach Levine put up a big scoring game against them uh, in their last game. Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, both those guys got free for pretty good three-point shooting likes. Robinson, 6-10 in that game. Struess knocked in four threes uh, in that same game. So, We've seen some guys recently on the perimeter who like to score the same sort of way that Rozier scores get going against this Indiana team, and it's really been uh, something of a problem for them all season long. So I think you add that all up, and we get Terry Rozier going over two and a half threes, over 18 and a half points in this game. So that's where I'm sticking. I'm going with both of those overs here tonight, Tess. I like that. You're going with the history there. I think they do a good job, uh, the Pacers will, of taking away LaMelo Ball, option number one. Mm -hmm. And that's when the secondary guy, like your Max Struess example, like your Duncan Robinson example, Mm -hmm. will go off. And there's nothing to be worried about with that big number at 226 either. As Mm -hmm. you said, the Hornets continuously go over those huge numbers. It feels like we come on here every week. We notice that Hornets line, whoever they're playing, is huge. (laughs) And they continuously... They, they they don't slouch. They just keep hitting that over, and mm. Terry Rozier is going to follow suit. That 18.5 is a little low. I, I, I totally, yeah. totally agree with you on this one. Yeah, maybe a little bit influenced by the 16.9 season average for his uh, point scoring, but uh, he's been pouring it in a little bit more of late. And again, a good matchup for him against yep. Indiana. Let's get one more in here, Tass. You're going to go away from the props. Give us one uh, team side here. What uh, could be a fun game, right? Uh, Grizzlies and Lakers. Uh, Grizzlies five and a half point favorites in this one. <coughs> Excuse me, John Morant coming off a huge game, thirty three points, including a game winner against Phoenix. What do you like for us in this one? I think Memphis takes care of the Lakers tonight. Watching the Lakers yesterday when they snapped a five game losing streak, they needed every ounce of juice offensively to mm-hmm. beat the Houston Rockets, who are the worst team in the Western Conference. So now they got to travel to Memphis against a hungry ball club, a, a ball club that is proving it is one of the top four teams in the Western Conference. And uh, they've been playing really, really well uh, defensively recently. And that's the Lakers' problem is, is beating good defenses. Uh, LeBron last night against the Rockets ended up playing really well, as he has the last few games. He started at center for the first time in his NBA career, for the first time in year number 19. That's how shorthanded uh, the Lakers are. But... I think the Grizzlies are going to do a good job of stopping the Lakers inside. They've had the third best defense in the league the last 10 games. And over that same span, they have allowed the third fewest points in the paint. So the Lakers are going to be a jump shooting team. That is not where they thrive whatsoever. And I think unlike what happened last night, I'm not sure if David Fisdale and the Lakers go back to LeBron at the five. But it's such a different team. Uh, The Grizzlies are far bigger. They've got Steven Adams. We've got Xavier Tillman. They've got Brandon Clark. They've got guys to throw at Braun at the five mm-hmm. spot if they try and do that. And and I think the the Grizzlies, uh, you mentioned that great win against the Suns, an incredible game winner there by John Morant. They, they, they just feel like they have more to play for uh, the way they come out against the Lakers as well. John Morant, the time he he, he was injured, uh, the, last, uh, the, the last game he played before he was injured was against the Lakers, and uh, I, I think that's sort of another little motivator. I think they find motivation. Again, they beat the mm-hmm. Suns. Uh, I think they want to show that they're a better team than the Los Angeles Lakers, and they've done a good job of slowing down LeBron in the two games that they've played this year. LeBron has only averaged 19.5, although he's been flying recently. Mm-hmm. His annual campaign showing he's one of the best players in the world yeah. last five between 31 and 39 points. I think the Grizzlies have enough bodies to throw at them. And then 
The Lakers just don't have enough to back it up. Westbrook had a good game last night, so you can expect him to come back to earth a little bit tonight. And then where's the help going to come from? Uh, I think this five-and-a-half-point line is, you know, it's a decent line, but the Grizzlies are just a far better team. And again, the Lakers, although there's lots of headlines about LeBron being the center last night, they did lose five before that and barely squeezed out again a win against the Rockets. So I'm taking the Grizzlies. Grizzlies out to uh, ruin LeBron's 37th birthday tomorrow. Is That's it possible? Right. Is, is LeBron's birthday ruinable? <laughs> right. at this point with everything he's accomplished 19 years in the league I don't know if it is but that's what the Grizzlies are set out to do here later tonight we've got Grizzlies minus five and a half for you Tass also taking Trey Young or under 46 and a half points assists and rebounds I give you a couple of Terry Rozier props over 18 and a half points and over two and a half threes and that will do it for this episode of best on the board at the athletic presented by bet MGM thank you to all of you for joining us on this episode for Tass for Brian for CJ I'm Michael Beller. We're back with you soon. As always, we say happy betting. We'll talk to you later.